Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome in to Nick's Mail Dot Bag, presented by the Strickland and by DraftKings, and by all of you that support us on Patreon. But more on that in just a second. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor and chief of the Strickland, uh, which, of course, if you listen to this podcast, you never checked out the website is at thestrick.land. And what in what is becoming a disturbingly common occurrence, I am joined by just one of my co-hosts because I think they hate each other. I think that this has been going on in secret and I don't know about it, uh, but there's no Zach today. Wackery Delizio couldn't, couldn't grace us with his presence today, but I do have the one and only Matt Weiss, who you might know in his daily life is Matt Weiss. who you might know as Wampirm on Twitter. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I will point out, I don't want to start, any controversy between me and Mr. Wackery. Um, That's exactly what you want to do for what it's worth, but go no, ahead. No, what actually you'd think I'm going to do something, I'm going to do the opposite. Um, we've been mostly like tagging off of each other and overlapping slightly lately. So we have been on the pod together. Like two weeks ago, when I had to leave early, um, we were on the pod for, you know, the entire time I was there. I just had to leave early. Yeah, like a whole three minutes. That's right. I forgot about that. No, he showed up because we started so late that he showed up at the beginning. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's we, true. You know, well, which, by the way, don't you have a question to ask me, Alex? Yeah. How'd your how'd your volleyball team do? Did you lose in the first round again? No, we made it to the championship. And then you lost again? We we did lose in the championship, but like that team was a loser. People who played loser. volleyball in college. So they were pretty fucking good. Um, yeah, well, if you're not first, you're last. Matt. So. No, no, we were second. Did you get a medal? We got a check. You got a check? Yeah. yeah this we got league pays you money? Yeah, we got 25 bucks for... Uh, Wait, for all of you? Yeah, I mean, we just gave it to to one of the one of the guys. Like It was like not worth it for us to split 25 bucks among nine people. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, pretty, it was pretty funny, because we didn't know... Like we, so this is our third time playing this league 
the first two times we lost in the... Well, actually, last time, like you said, we lost in the first fucking round. But um, the first time we lost in the semifinals. And then... So this is the only time we've made it far enough to get money. So we didn't even know that, that you get money for coming in first or second. And it was, like, a very funny... Uh, like, the... Uh, the league rep came like strolling over to us with a check and we were like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> She's like, here's 25 bucks for coming in second place. So what did first place get like 50 bucks? Uh, we didn't see. Um, oh, did, did like, you not ask? Did you not compare notes afterwards? No, we didn't. We didn't ask them. Um, I actually felt guilty because they, uh, this one guy on the team had his kids there and I didn't realize. And I, um, during volleyball games, you'd be shocked to find out screen fuck a lot. <laughs> so I felt really guilty afterwards when I noticed that these like six year olds were there listening to me scream "fuck" the whole night. <laughs> That's what they get for bringing kids to a sporting I mean, event. Yeah, like he didn't I get mean, anything. He didn't. He didn't say anything to me. I just felt bad when I noticed at the end of the game. I mean, uh, think about it. If you take kids even to like a minor league baseball game or something, you're going to hear like "fuck, fuck yeah. you, you fucking bum." You know, this is yeah. Like, I mean, you, if you put them close enough to the field during a Mets game, every time Jeff McNeil strikes out, you're going to. You're gonna hear him scream his head off. So, uh, yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, yeah, it's like, um, but we played well. Honestly, we we totally dominated the team um, that we played in the semifinals, and uh, we played tough in the finals. But that team was just too good. It came up a little short. What can you, you do? You know who never screams obscenities though? Let's go, Brandon Nimmo. He never screams obscenities. <laughs> he just goes to the plate and does his job. He just screams, "Don't, don't give me the vaccine." <laughs> he screams. He screams, the effectiveness has not been proven after every single uh, at-bat. I, I don't know anyone who's died from COVID other than the 10 people who died. And they, they just, you know, I mean, it wasn't like they probably died from the flu. <laughs> Did you hear that 200 people, 200 athletes have died on the court from being vaccinated, according to John Stockton? I did see that. We should say, um, I don't give a shit about defaming John Stockton. He said that. But Brendan Nemo has not said publicly that he's not vaccinated we just all know he isn't so yeah he paid off adams himself straight up with his <laughs> i did think it was funny that that he and aaron judge who also is definitely not vaccinated both said they're happy that Kyrie's gonna get to play in home games again like <laughs> that's really yeah. it was actually pretty funny <laughs> of course they're happy about that yeah um anyway all right let's give the patreon pitch real quick and then we can actually get into the question i think we've wasted like five minutes on your volleyball game and now the mets and whether they're back <laughs> oh, oh, hey we're in another homer tonight so uh he's back baby he's back <laughs> all right uh so quickly patreon if uh if you hear us talking about discord and the questions came from discord in this episode that's probably because they're patrons that are in our discord server which is one of the perks that you can get in our first tier of uh, Patreon support for $6 a month, you can get access to Pod Strickland Friday edition, uh, the other Nick's Mailbot bag that has Schwinn and usually either like Jeremy or Drew Steele or uh, I think Jeff was on, Jeff Rasmussen recently. Uh, so other people answered questions other than just us schlubs on the free version. Uh, so you get that all for $6 a month, including Discord access. Uh, you also, for $9 a month, can get another pod from Schwinn that's bi-weekly called Strick and Roll. You also get weekly pieces from Matthew Miranda and Jack Huntley. And Matt, you gave me shit for saying this last time, but I think there's going to be pieces from me instead of Jack for a couple weeks because he's starting uh, a new job and he's moving. And so he needs a little time. We we will see if there are actually pieces from you. 
Well, uh, we will see when they go up by the end of this week because <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I got to get some stuff out, baby. I need to put some content out. Have you, have you, have you written a word yet? Yes, I wrote the, like Spongebob in the episode. Oh, okay. with, the, with the big uh, fancy T? Yes, yeah, I've written the... Yeah. yeah nothing right. yet. Well, you know what? I stand corrected. You, That content is coming. It's definitely yeah. not... You're not the Bill Simmons of the Strickland who, you know, got big and gave up on writing. Yeah, yeah no, I'll figure it out. Um, anyway, you get exclusive written content in that $9 tier um, along with uh, another podcast from Schwinn. And then there's a bunch of other goodies if you go up in the tiers, including, you know, getting to listen to podcasts that are getting recorded and and things of that nature. Uh, so definitely check that out. If you have not already and you're listening to this podcast, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash the Strickland, or you just go to the Strict.land and click on the Patreon tab and it'll take you there. Uh, but now we have a bunch of questions as per usual. Uh, they all came in. We were talking about before this, like they came in. In a flash, we thought like, oh, crap, we're not going to have a lot of questions. Then all of a sudden there's like 80. So Yeah, this is a little behind the scenes. But every single week, probably about 5 o'clock p.m., we're like, oh, we didn't get any questions this week. This is going to be a short one. And then by the time we start recording it, you know, usually 8. Tonight we're doing it at 9. Um, we have like triple the amount of questions we had at 5. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, so let's get going. Uh, first question. You've got mail. I know playing with the gulliness out of the, uh, <laughs> this is going to be a very appropriate question, uh, <laughs> out of the Discord. What is the difference between playing with a gulliness and playing with an aggressiveness? Matt, I'll throw this to you. You're the expert here. Did I did I miss a Clyde-ism? Is that what this is? I don't know. I mean, I know like gully is like a way of saying like gangster, <laughs> I guess. Oh, like, I don't know. I'm like, I think that was on like, Jersey Shore or something back in the day that they said Gully. Okay. Yeah, but they they were referencing something else. Like I think it's a Jersey thing. I could be wrong. I mean, we're both from New Jersey, and I seems like you know as little about it as I do. Maybe a little. Yeah. But you know, I don't even have an inkling of what this was. I honestly, maybe gulliness is like more stupid brute force. I don't know. uh, I just kind of assumed that this was Clyde kind of getting like you know mealy-mouthed or whatever, and uh, <laughs> fumbling his way through a word by accident, which he, as much as we love him, he does. Um, yeah. And uh, so this is, I'm stalling because I, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say here. All right. Well, here's, here's the yes or no question. You've got mail. Uh, do you think that is what's plaguing Randall this season? Well, I, I still don't know what a gulliness is. So, um, so obviously, yes. Yes, definitely. Not knowing about things. That's it. Yeah, that's, um, yep. I forgot I'm supposed to be like a pundit on this podcast. So, yeah, no, he's not playing with a gulliness, or he is playing with a gulliness. I don't know which one's the bad one. So, whichever one is worse, that's the one. Speaking like a true takesman there. You've got mail. All right. uh, Next question comes from Mikey Cooks in our Discord server. How awful, I think this is during the Heat game, how awful are the Heat jerseys? Uh, I'll take this one first. They're fucking terrible. They're like, I call them like the Ransom Note Fives. Like, they look like a fucking Ransom Note with all the stupid, like, they decided like, oh, well, we've done like four different City Edition jerseys, so let's just like take one letter from each one and put it on a jersey. (laughs) How cool is that? No, stupid. Dumb as shit jerseys. I hate them. 
Oh, those. Yeah, I didn't watch most of the Miami games, so I don't remember what jerseys they wore, and now I looked them up. And yeah, they're disgusting. Yeah, yeah, horrendous. Horrendous. Could never be the Knicks City Edition jersey. Like this wow. year, the amazing black jerseys that I bought Knicks, in RJ Barrett. One Knicks City Edition jerseys, both. I mean, I know we hated the City Edition jersey at the beginning of last season, and they like could never lose in them, so we came around. Um, speak for yourself. I never came around. I still hate that jersey. Well, all right. I'm going to speak for myself then. Um, there, the point is, the past few years they've done a good job. Whether yeah. Carmelize or like actually making a good jersey this year. Yeah, I liked the. I mean, I know they the ones that are really polarizing too were the the like Yankee blue ones with the mm-hmm. you know like the cityscape on the side. But I thought those were cool too. I yeah, like that jersey. I like those. I thought they were neat. It was different, you know. I like I like a little dark blue, you know, like what we have for the Strickland logo. Yeah, like a little dark blue. It still looks mm-hmm. Knicks, but it's not. You know, it's like our own little thing. So yeah, I, I like those jerseys. But this year's far and away the best ones because they look yeah. just like the '90s jerseys, but they're like fucking cool. Um, but I will say I'm glad I bought one this year instead of apparently next year they're gonna still be around, but they're gonna put like the like ombre colored side panels on from the mm-hmm. last year's ones, mm-hmm. but. I don't care so much about that, but the diamond like logos for like the 75th anniversary shit this year look really cool on the jerseys. So I was glad I got one from this year and didn't yeah. wait till next year because be right back just like the normal patches next year. But anyway, moral of the story, the heat jerseys are fucking terrible. It's disgusting. Uh, I can't like who thought that was a good idea? Stupid designer. I mean, really, what happened with the heat ones was they had a hit. With the first city edition, or first couple city editions that they did for them, because they had the, they started off, they did the Miami Vice, you know, look, and I think they started with the, with the pink one maybe, um, and then they did the black one with the Miami Vice font, and then they did the blue one with the Miami Vice font, and then they were like, shit, we ran out of colors, so then they're like, all right, well now we'll do transitioning from blue to pink, which looked fucking atrocious, and now they're still like. Damn, we can't think of a single other original idea. So let's just do mm-hmm. this jersey where we cut out a bunch of letters and slap it on the. Yeah, it looks so, like a serial killer note. Yeah, it is. It's that's exactly what it is. It's like we have, we have Tyler Hero, and we're not giving him back. <laughs> you give us some other fucking veteran for Eric Spolster to turn into a superstar. Um, yeah, so a terrible jersey, terrible, terrible jersey. All right, moving on to our next questions. Uh, this I went back to like themes a little bit this week because we got a lot of stuff that was in in like categories. So this was not very I was not very like this is a bad time to bring back themes because I was not very creative with them. But quickly versus other options is our first one here. So a lot of questions about quickly thanks to how he's been playing lately versus other options or internal options or whatever. So uh, first two questions are very similar, so I'm going to put them together. You've got mail. Um, Max Julian out of the. Uh, Discord says, what would you choose to do between expending resources for a point guard like Jalen Brunson versus spending similar resources for a potentially superior player at another position and just starting quickly at point guard and why? You've got mail. And then don't take my name on Twitter at don't take my name Uh, has quickly played well enough that you would be happy if the Knicks focused on improving at positions other than point guard in the offseason. So, Matt, how are you feeling about this quickly surge lately um do you think in your opinion he is at best a fourth guard on a playoff team and that that he is in the ninth percentile 
in isolation scoring against guys. <laughs> Love quickly, but this is who he is, or whatever the, whatever the tweet was. I Here's the only issue I have with doing that, which is I was waiting for, and obviously it's funny. He's going to listen to this, and then I just I don't feel like dealing with him. <laughs> I mean, I've never dealt with him directly before because he doesn't know who I am, because why would he? But um, I just... I don't know what you're talking about. I saw Stacy say that the other day. I don't, I don't know. Is there a backstory to that? No, I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about Stacy. I, I hate him. Yeah, yeah. Stacy does suck. So yeah, I mean, sucks. you know, just just don't invoke just don't invoke Stacy's name, and then we're yeah. there. Right. I mean, I just don't like you. I just didn't want you to subtweet someone who sucks as much as Stacy. As much as he, like he sucks, sucks so much that he uses other. Like burn, not even really a burner account, but like other accounts to attack people. But mm-hmm. Stacy really sucks, and now you incurred his wrath. So thanks a lot. Um, Unquote Stacy really sucks. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I so I was fully on board for Jalen Brunson at whatever cost this offseason. but yeah, I've I've flipped. I I would I mean if they can get him for like. A reasonable price, and I don't know how this would happen, but like in my mind, that's like fifteen million dollars a year instead of the twenty million that will probably take. Um, then yes, but if it's going to take twenty, then I'd say roll with quickly. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's been, pretty reasonable. Yeah, he's been like great. Obviously, I don't need to tell anyone that um, for like a month now, and uh, I don't see much reason. I mean, I was almost, I was about to say they, they're not going to be good next year anyway, but like if they get rid of uh, Mr. Pouty, they probably will be good next season because they're like, they're not losing right now. Yeah, and with mostly playing like Obi Toppin big minutes and yeah. Obi Barrett big minutes. Yeah, so like, I mean, the other thing is like Max says in this question, would you spend some of Reese's for a potentially superior player in another position and kind of like, I almost want to just run with this team minus Randall and like Schwinn tweeted this out, like get rid of Randall, get rid of either Burks or Evan. He wants to get rid of Evan. I'd rather get rid of Burks. Um, and then kind of roll with it from there. And like early, that's not what he said, but he's in those first two parts. But like, I, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I, I kind of just roll with this. You have to obviously like fill out the roster if you're getting rid of Randall and Burks, but like I kind of roll with this core next year. Yeah. I think the thing is like, effectively now with how quickly sort of emerging he gives you a pretty congruent skill set to what Brunson would give you right like good shooting ability to play on or off the ball um you know he's a, a good really good passer um isn't the you know the fastest or most explosive or whatever guy on the team but you know finds his spots and and uses them effectively he's getting better on the inside great free throw shooter um, really good three point shooter as he's finally like coming around on that end now, which is good. And, you know, also I think he's, I don't want to, I don't want to be presumptive and like try to poo poo Jalen Brunson or something, but I think there's a, there's an argument that quickly has a higher defensive upside because his, his intangibles are better as far as like his size. Uh, but Alex in the playoffs, teams will pick on him in isolation, in isolation because he is in the ninth percentile <laughs> in isolation. <laughs> You know, when the when the ten games under five hundred Knicks make the playoffs, quickly yeah. will get picked on in isolation. I don't 
So they're if they don't lose again, they're going to lose again. If they don't lose again, they're going to finish 40 and 42. They probably wouldn't make the playoffs because, like, it seems like they're going to be 10 teams in the East over 500 this year. If they had beaten the Heat, I mean, sorry, the Hawks, like, a week ago, um, it was much more plausible. But, like, they, you know, it's not impossible that they make the play-in. Which, if they do it this way, I, I would not be upset. Yeah, if they keep doing it because of, like, quickly and RJ and whatever playing well, they're yeah. cool. Um, oh, I was, I was going to say. Like, being terrible and somehow winning, even though he's playing 30 minutes a game and playing so awful. It's it's kind of amazing that they're, like, somehow winning in spite of him doing this. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, too, like, with regard to Brunson and, like, the role that he could play, I mean, let's say you do get rid of Randall for next year, you know, and, and bring in whatever vet or whatever in a trade or, you know, whatever the case may be. Someone who's probably just going to be, like, a bench player or something, maybe, like, a future pick or whatever. Um, you know, if you do that and then you free up some money to sign Brunson, like, cool. I, I could see the rationale of doing that. Cause I think there's some, there's a world where you could play Brunson and quickly together, um, for stretches, not all the time, but you know, for yeah. a stretch here and there. And, uh, but like the thing with Brunson is, is he does play a very similar role too, to what he would presumably be playing in New York because the Knicks would want RJ to, you know, initiate a lot of the offense, you know, minus Randall. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully with, you know, honestly, I just hope Burks is off the team so that he can stop being the point guard. Um, yeah, I don't trust tips and not playing it. Cause like we have to accept this point. And honestly, I'm more okay with it than I was a few weeks ago. If, if Randall is gone, um, then I won't be furious if Tibbs is coaching this team next year. Yeah. I mean, I won't be happy. Either, I don't, like, I mean, I want them to fire him, but I don't think they're going to. Um, yeah. and like, but it, it's got he can't have he can't have Randall and he can't have Burks. Like I, I know Schwinn, like I said, Schwinn wants to send Fournier instead. But like he, as much as I, I love Burks, but like especially when he's in the proper role, but he can't he can't be on the team because Tibbs is going to just use him as a point guard. Yeah, that's Tibbs's blind spot now. It's just yeah, like, I can't see past you know Burks as a point guard. Like Burks is a point guard to me, and it's like no, he's not. Like stop it. Right. Um, granted, he would also have Derek Rose back, and I'm assuming the Rose would still be on the team. So maybe, well, yeah, so maybe let's roll in the next question because I was about to lay out an offseason plan for you. I think okay. you're going to like, but maybe we should roll into the next question. So I'll wait a sec. Yeah, so let's, yeah, that's a good point because we've been doing a lot of Bronson talk too. So this rolls in the next question. So you've got mail. Next question comes from Jordan Bub on Twitter at Bub Jordan. Out of Colin Sexton, De'Aaron Fox, and Jalen Brunson, which one of these players would you want in this offseason and why? Bonus questions or bonus question are any of the three players better than those of our in house options at the position? So that would, of course, be Rose, Quickly, and McBride at point guard. So it would lay out your plan for me. Okay. Well, first of all, to answer Jordan's question, um, I think Brunson is better than Quickly still. Um, but asset value wise, given how much money the Knicks would have to, how much cap space the Knicks have to spend on Brunson and how much they'd have to spend on quickly, like quickly is a better asset. Um, he's definitely better. Like Fox has been, I love the Aaron Fox, but he's sucked. And so, you know, the contract that he'll require is not worth it. And Sexton is fine, but it's kind of hard to say. Um, so I think quickly is a better value option than all three of those guys. Um, Brunson, I mean, I don't even want to include Rose in that calculus or McBride because those are just like totally different 
like scenarios to consider. You're not bringing any of those guys off the bench. So like, what's the point of comparing them to uh, Rose McBride? But anyway, um, so this is what I was thinking. If, if the, if the rotation next year is quickly Fournier, um, quickly Fournier, Barrett, Toppin and Mitch starting. And then the bench is Rose, Deuce, Grimes, Jericho, and because we need to replace, we need some kind of like three, four to add in there. Jeremy Grant, who you Ooh. love, plus the draft pick, whoever that's going to be. That's Wait, a good. You think you're tra- you think you're trading for Jeremy Grant and then bringing him off the bench? Um. Well, I mean, maybe you bring Toppin off the bench. I didn't really think that through. But the point is, like, if those are your ten plus the draft pick, um, what do you think about that? I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I, I, so, in this scenario, are you trading Randall basically straight up for Grant? No, I don't think that. I don't think the Pistons would do that. Um, maybe it would work out like a three-way carousel where you could. Yeah, like, I think Randall. I think if you, I, I kind of wonder. This is totally me spitballing, and I it might sound ridiculous. I kind of wonder if you send Randall to the Lakers, send Russ to the Pistons, and and the Knicks would have to pay more than Randall for this. Um, and Grant to the Knicks. And that like the Pistons might kind of be okay with running Westbrook out there for a while and then trying to like dump him at the deadline on some other teams so he's expiring next year. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think they'd have to give some draft picks, probably, because like Grant's contract is significantly better than either of those other two contracts. Um but, significantly. I mean, he makes like only slightly less than Randall does. Yeah, like, but like with Randall, I mean the demands on offense on Randall, like Basically, you're saying if the Pistons are taking on Derrick Rose, I mean, sorry, the Pistons. When I say Derrick Rose, the Pistons are taking on um, Russell Westbrook. Like they they get the shit into the stick here. So, mm-hmm. and I think like I don't think you'd have to give up significant draft picks. The Lakers would probably have to give up something um, more significant. But if it's like, yeah, I think I think like Randall ends up looking like the prize of that deal. Like as far as just pure talent goes, so yeah. the Lakers will probably give up whatever pick they have available in like right. twenty thirty two or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um. But if the Knicks give up but, like like the Dallas know. pick next year and something That's else, yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah. 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 The Dal- Randall plus the Dallas pick for Grant essentially because like we're not really involved in the Russ part of it. And then, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have Grant coming off the bench. I, that didn't make any sense. But um, so you probably still have to bring Obi off the bench. But like, obviously, you'd hope that he'd play more than fifteen minutes a game. Um, I think that's pretty solid. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, I like Grant. You know, like I, I know people have been hating on like, oh, his numbers went down this year, or whatever. Like, but they didn't really. Like, he's actually shooting better from three on the same volume. You know, he's shooting about the same from the field. I love his defensive versatility. Like, yeah. You know, I just think that Grant like. He gives you – people People always, like, kind of poo-poo, you know, if I bring this up. But, like, I always I always think back to, like, the bubble, right, when he was on the Nuggets and people were always like, oh, Donovan Mitchell torched him. I'm like, yeah, but Donovan Mitchell was torching everybody mm-hmm. at that point. And, like, Grant mm-hmm. made a few pretty good plays on him, like, as – you know, Grant's like a four, like, and he took the assignment of guarding Donovan Mitchell one-on-one and actually did it pretty admirably. Like, I know that he dropped, like, 40 in one of the games or something, but you can have a good defensive game and the guy can still yeah. drop 40, you know? Um, so, I... Really thinking this through more, if, like, you probably want to bring... I don't know if Tibbs will do this, but you probably want to bring Fournier off the bench in this scenario, right? And start mm-hmm. Grimes instead. I think that would probably look better. 
um, better defensively and maybe uh, even slightly better for spacing, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think that Fournier would do good in this sort of like secondary creation. Like he and Sims have like really good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been doing really well at, at feeding Sims underneath and everything. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like I, I like that. I mean, I would be totally down for a deal like that. I am against the idea of the Knicks potentially ending up with Westbrook in any sort of deal because I, I sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I just have this feeling that Tibbs would like throw a shit fit if they traded for Russ. And then we're like, we're going to tell Russ to stay home. Tibbs would be like, what the fuck? Like, he's a great player. Look at he all the things he does. He's a vet. He, you know? he can't think he's good. He can't. You say that, and yet he trots Alec Burks out of point guard every day. I know, but even like Alec Burks is a talented player. Like Russell Westbrook is not. He started Alfred Payton for a whole season. I, I know. I'm. I just don't think. I think if like the understanding was that Westbrook is just going to. I mean, maybe they even buy him out. Like he'd probably require a pretty big buyout because why would he give up? You know, most of that forty million dollars. But like, um, I don't know. I think if you like explained to him from the beginning, like he's not going to be on his team. It's not the worst thing in the world, but I, I mean, I prefer not to take him back just because like, I don't want to read all the fucking articles about how, what are the Knicks doing? Not playing Russell Westbrook. He's exactly the star they need or some like weird shit like that. Despite that he doesn't know how to play basketball anymore. Yeah. I don't know. E- either way, I just want to avoid that scenario. So if, if, if I had to give up like the Dallas pick to end up with Jeremy Grant instead of Russell Westbrook yeah. and get Randall off the team at this point, which if Berman's reporting today is correct and he's actually trying to like harden himself out of here by basically like just sucking ass intentionally, then like get him the fuck off the team. Cause that's ridiculous. Like he's not even James Harden, like to be able to do something like that. I mean, um, that really like what, why did he sign the deal? Like it's Harden. I, I mean, Harden's an idiot, but like I understood kind of his thought process, right? Like Kyrie won't get vaccinated. So they're missing him and like all of their games for most of the season and then still half their games until like literally this weekend. Um, and he was just like, fuck this. This seems going to suck. Like, why, why would I like, why did I didn't, I, this is not what I signed up for. Randall signed up for exactly this. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. what, I mean, I guess the thing is like, he's not accepting that he's been bad this year as part of the problem, but I think uh, he's also, I mean, this is probably projecting a lot, and we have no way of knowing this for sure, but, I mean, it seems pretty likely to me that he just didn't think that R.J. Barrett was ever going to get better and that R.J. was just going to stay, like, this spot-up option or whatever. And maybe. I think he, he was also pissed oh, yeah. that Kemba got signed and was going to be running offense a little bit, you know, and that it just rubbed him the wrong way from, like, the very start of the season. I think um, you're right about Kemba. The thing with RJ is, like, I always... When Randall was not acting like an asshole, you know, even earlier this season when he was just playing poorly but not acting like an asshole as much, um, he was always, like, trying to get RJ to be more aggressive. So I don't know if I buy that he is unhappy with RJ taking more of a leading role. I think you're definitely right that he was kind of pissed that, like, they took the ball out of his hands by signing Kemba. But I don't know. I think it's just, like, all kind of piled up and he, like... He doesn't. He can't be on the team anymore. And like, this isn't even about me. Like, obviously, I'm annoyed with him. I think he could still be good, um, but it's just obviously it's obvious he's got to go because he like he's not trying on defense or on offense. Really, I mean, trying is not taking 18 foot fadeaways for no reason. And he also he can't. We we now have I think enough evidence to say that he cannot shoot with people in an arena. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that might be the case. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause it, it's, it's just falling off a cliff and, you know, his shot diet has still been all those self-created threes and stuff Right. versus like when he had his career best year at the Pelicans, when there was fans, it, it was career best at the time he was shooting like 36% because they were mostly using him as a pick and roll and pick a pop guy. Mm-hmm. And he worked so much better in that role. With when like, he actually get, tries to get to the rim this year, he's still like good. Yeah, it's just he doesn't want to try. I, I just don't understand. He doesn't. He doesn't want to try. It's not like he knows that he's bigger than everyone else. So like, it's not like he can't do it. And he's just like settling for these jumpers. He's settling for jumpers because he doesn't feel like. I think he's mad because like he thinks, which this I get. Like the refs, like the way the refs call fouls on him is bullshit. Um, so I get that he's frustrated with that, and he's like, "Why would I waste my time? I'm just gonna get like fouled and." not able to put up a shot and they're not going to call a foul on me, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Like if he's, I saw a lot of like conversation on the discord and on Twitter today about like, well, what if Randall like comes back and puts up 50 points the next? Yeah. Okay. Maybe he will, but like he can't go put up an inefficient seven the next game. Right. (laughs) Even if he's good next year, like that doesn't invalidate the fact that like, unfortunately it's not going to work here, obviously, which is crazy considering how it was last year. But like, it's just not going to work. Yeah, it just seems like he's completely checked out on the Knicks at this point. But um, we do we will have more Julius stuff coming up in a minute. I'll just quickly finish off by like circling back on Jordan's question. Like, so those three names specifically bought up: Colin Sexton, De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brunson. I mean, if I was going to just pick one of them, I would say Brunson. Um, you already sort of answered that and you said Brunson as well. I'm a, I'm in agreement with Fox. I just don't, I mean, for one, I don't think Sacramento is going to be looking to give him up now because they've now like gone all in on him and some right. bonus for better yeah. or worse. Um, but you know, cause they traded Halliburton, which that was like their big splash, their big surprise, you know, is to get rid of him instead of getting rid of Fox. Um, so I don't think they're even gonna look to move him, but I wouldn't want to be the guy paying him like 35, 36, 37, $38 million, whatever, uh, in like four years time. So, I would not go with him. Sexton is intriguing. I still have my doubts about Sexton. I mean, I've been converted into believing like, okay, he actually is legitimately a really good NBA scorer. I have not been necessarily converted yet on like, is he a productive defensive player? It does. He actually like getting his teammates involved or is he basically just out to shoot for himself? Um, those are all questions that I still don't have answers to and that we wouldn't have until he would come on the Knicks. But there is something in me that like my worst fear would be the Knicks signing Sexton, handing him over the Tibbs and then Tibbs just empowering him to just be a Chuck, uh, which is what he loves in point guards. He loves point guards as just Chuck. Uh, and I think that would just be really bad. So I don't really want Sexton now that we know that Tibbs is still going to be the coach. Uh, which is unfortunate. We have to base so many things now on like, well, it's been reported that the Knicks are going to keep Tibbs, so we need to do all yeah. these things to save him from himself. Um, but I would not want to hand him Colin Sexton. So uh, my I mean, answer – go ahead. I was going to say, the good news is we don't need to. Like, we quickly has yeah. been so good that we, like, we're not in a position where it's like, I, we got to give Tibbs a point card that he's going to, like, put in the – like, let take over and, like, ruin the offense. We don't have to do that. We don't have to give him another point card. We can just, like, say, here's quickly – you got to use them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, we'll see what happens in the off season. If they could, like you said, if they could get Brunson for a somewhat reasonable deal, you know, like 
between like 15 and 20 million or something like that. I think that's perfectly fair value for him for how good he is. I think that he can quickly, you know, would make a great one, two punch. If you had Derek Rose in there, that's like a really good guard rotation at the one. Um, and with two guys that can really play the two as well in Brunson and, and quickly. Um, so yeah, I'd be down for that. You know, if they could sign him, but I wouldn't like go out of my way. Cause I think if you can give quickly the same, you know, more minutes or whatever now, He's showing like the development's happening. So there's a real argument to be made that, you know, maybe he can end up better than Brunson as soon as next season. Yeah. If you just keep letting him play and letting him have another offseason to develop and bring some new skills next year. So, um, yeah, I, I think that as far as the in house options, I, I might prefer to just roll with the guys that they have already at point guard and get rid of Burks just to remove that temptation. So then quickly can finally start. Um, Anyway, though, we've, we've spent a long time on this question. Good question, though, from Jordan. You've got mail. Uh, our next question, it's going to be two questions, but it's split by theme. So uh, Gax from the Discord has our next question. Have you ever been more comfortable with the Nick taking free throws than with quickly right now? Matt, what do you think? Mm, probably not. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, I'm trying to remember. I mean, like... Pablo Prigioni never missed free throws, but he didn't take any. So it's, you know, hard to compare because quickly takes a lot. But yeah, I mean, he's like a legitimately like a true talent, 95% free throw shooter. Yeah. Which is yeah. pretty good. I'm, uh, I think I'm always 100% confident in his shot unless Mike Breen brings up what sort of streak he's oh, on right before. He knows too. <laughs> he, <Yeah>. he knows. <laughs> Actually, it was hilarious. Like Breen, like, brought it up like I don't know a week or so ago and was like all right Clyde listen I'm gonna bring up the numbers here before mm-hmm. quickly shoots and he's you know he hasn't missed a free throw in like six games he's made like 25 straight or whatever he's like I'm gonna prove that the announcer jinx isn't real so I'm saying these stats right now and he's gonna make this free throw just watch <laughs> and then quickly did make it and he was like vindication I'm like, right, that's <laughs> um it was good, but yeah. So I, I can't think of anyone that I was more comfortable with. Priggs, as you're right, you know he was he was really good. I seem to remember Novak being pretty knocked down on the like yeah, but like time of season yeah, that he would take a free. Yeah, like, you get he only ever took three pointers, so like you just get fouled on a three. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, especially in recent Knicks history, there's nobody even close to quickly as far as how good he is at the free throw line. So I hope. Well, I guess we could say reddish if if he had played more. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. They were both ninety plus percent free throw shooters mm-hmm. this year. So yeah. Burks is actually pretty good as well. He's like eighty six. Yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't really take very many, but he is good. Yeah. Um, RJ every other game. Mm-hmm. He either like goes like five for twenty from the line or like nineteen for twenty. <laughs> it's really yeah. between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's and you know, yeah, or Julius on his rare on days when he's not right. You know, when he's actually first off generating contact, but then secondly, he like misses the most annoying. Every time he misses a free throw, I'm like, this is the worst time for you to miss one, dude. He Why misses the- like the clutch ones. Always. Right. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. yeah. But you can make the argument if you hadn't made the other ones earlier, yeah. there wouldn't even be yeah, clutch yeah. ones later. Yeah, so. I know, but like, that's, you know, that's not how it's I'm still mind. annoying. It's still yeah. annoying. But anyway, all right. We have some questions coming up on the draft next, which I am affectionately calling draft time, but. First, uh, if you want to watch some prospects in the draft and maybe play some bets, college basketball fans 
Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join in on College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Obviously, time's ticking, so do that now. Uh, Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers, then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So um, moving to our next questions here that we have. First one in our draft time segment here. Uh, Gax is back again. You've got mail. And Gax wants to know, would you trade Chet? Chet Holmgren, obviously, projected top three pick in this draft for Zion Williamson. And this is this is going to what some of our later questions will be. But how many Chet slaps equal one Zion slap? Uh, he's got those lanky whip arms, but... <laughs> so, so, slap question first, Matt. How many Chet slaps for one Zion slap? Um, Zion outweighs him by about 100 pounds. Yeah, I think Zion's, Zion slaps are... He kind of... Sorry, my throat is <laughs> getting caught here. Um, you know what? Why don't you answer while I try to clear my throat? <laughs> All right, have fun with that. Uh, I want to say probably uh, like four Chet slaps. I will give the whip arm some kudos there. You know, you could do like some Mr. Fantastic type shit. Uh, and, you know, make his arm all like elastic and just go whoosh. And that might hurt. But Zion is like one of like especially now seeing him like where he looks like he's sort of starting to get back in shape a little bit to get traded to the Knicks. Um, you know, I I would not. He's one of like the top ten or so more imposing human beings on the planet. So I'm assuming that you know he's filled with some sort of rage that he would slap you as hard as he possibly can. And, uh, yeah, it's got to be at least four or five Chet slaps to equal one Zion slap as far as pure force is concerned. Matt, how's your throat? Are you ready to answer now? Still feeling very dry. I don't know what happened, but uh, I think I'm going to be able to get through it. Um, yeah, I mean, I... Are you I, in this pod live from the Sahara? Yeah, that's what it is. Um, four, four Chet slaps to one Zion slap sounds about right. It's, like, I don't actually know that Chet... I know that Gax isn't being serious, but like if Chet could actually like like whip his arm around, then maybe it would um, be a little more equal. But Zion is just like he's got like probably a full hundred pounds on him. Yeah, no, it's, it's li- literally like a hundred pounds. Like especially right now, it's definitely yeah, like right, pounds. right, right. But I, honestly, like even in shape, quote unquote. Sorry, Zion, Zion um, probably has like, like seventy pounds. On yeah, him. like 70, 75 pounds on him. So yeah. it's like not really. A contest. Um, to answer the the first part of the question, I would trade Chet for Zion as long as I mean, like presumably Zion will be you know in shape when he's on the Knicks. So um, yeah, like I I mean Chet seems really great, but I you know this Alex, I'm just so worried that his like body's on a break and a half in the NBA. So I would go for Zion. Yeah, I'm like I don't. I think I'll probably do the trade too. I am actually pretty 
bullish on Chet. I think he's going to be good. Um, I just think, I mean, Chet is probably going to be at best, you know, a like, I guess, I guess like a, like a Miles Turner type player, you know, like maybe better, you know, in the fact that he's, I think going to be better at putting the ball on the floor and probably a better passer, but like, you know, rim protector that can shoot threes that can put the ball on the floor a bit and that can pass. I mean, that's cool. That's great. But that's a complimentary player. Like Zion is still, I mean, there's a reason that everybody had him as like the heir apparent that he had a signature shoe before he ever stepped foot on an NBA court that, you know, he uh, is making a gajillion dollars in endorsements and everything else. Like, I mean, the dude averaged like damn near 30 points last year. Um, and he still doesn't even really know how to shoot threes yet. <laughs> and he averaged damn near 30 points. I mean, that's like not to draw the super lofty comparisons, but that's like Jordan and LeBron territory where we saw those guys like average like 30 points and make it look easy without even being able to shoot a three pointer, you know, until later in their careers. So, um, you know, I, Zion is just, I mean, he's a different level of prospect. You know, he, Chet's going to be great. I think, I think he's going to have a good NBA career. The weight doesn't bother me much. Cause I think that he'll find a way to put on like that functional strength and he doesn't have an injury history and stuff like that. So like if the Knicks are in a position where a Zion deal isn't on the table, then cool. I would, I would definitely do the, the chat deal. Um, or, you know, just take Chet, I mean to say. But if, you know, a deal comes up and it's like, we'll give you Zion for Chet, I'd be like, yeah, let's just go ahead and do that. Like, because even if it's the number one pick, I mean, there was a reason why Zion was far and away the number one pick in his draft. And this, of course, comes with the caveat of like, you're Leon Rose, you're very well connected in the agent community and the player community and stuff. You also have two of his former college teammates on your team. RJ Barrett is presumably like his best friend in the NBA. So I would literally need, if I'm Leon Rose, to get RJ in my office and be like, call Zion right now and put him on speakerphone. Act like I'm not here, but you talk to him. And I want to hear it out of his mouth that he's going to be in shape and you know that he's going to take this seriously once he finally gets to New York, which I think is just where he wanted to be to begin with. Um, and you know if he's willing to say that, and he's willing to, you know, I think the videos right now are starting to show like, yeah, he definitely has the explosiveness still. He looks like he's getting in better shape. He looks like he's recovering from this injury. You know, I would, I would definitely do it. I would, I would trade for him. You know, I'll trade chat for him and not really think much of it. I wouldn't give up any more than that because then you're giving up probably the one, two or three pick in the draft. And, you know, that's a high price to pay, pay for any player, mm-hmm. especially one with health concerns. So. You know, even if they've got Zion's pedigree, but I just think Zion's way too good to not make that deal. Yeah, I so. mean, to your, to your point, like Chet's like he's a solid number one pick in any draft, but like Zion's like the number one pick, like based on the talent level he has, he's like a generational number one pick. Like, there's a big difference there. Yeah, he's like the number one pick of like you know the ha- like the decade. You know, right? Obviously, he, Luca yeah. exists too, but like he would be in a discussion if he right. if he like hits his ceiling. And Luca hits his ceiling, you know, they're going to be in discussion with like the pick of the decade, you know, like if you're going to do an RJ Barrett, like it's going to be those guys, those guys, RJ Barrett and Giannis, maybe, you know, like, but mostly RJ, like probably it'll probably just be RJ, but like, you know, then you're like trying to go for number two between Zion and like Luca and Giannis. And Giannis. Yeah. 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 That'll be the pick of the decade. RJ is like probably the best player in history, then I think, you know, 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty safe thing to say. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see. Any I, I can't believe. I mean, we saw the outrage when he wasn't number one on the NBA seventy-five list this year. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like, pretty tough. You know, this guy just because he's twenty-one. You know, I mean. Okay. Anyway, we can we can move on. Have you have you stretched the bit far enough? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. Okay. You've got mail. All right, we're gonna move to our next question. Uh, this one, our next uh, draft-related question comes from our buddy Jake Andrews, who's in Discord now. Uh, Jake wants to know, what would it cost to move from 12 to 4, and can the Knicks afford to pay it? Um, it would cost more than I'd be comfortable paying. I think I it would cost lottery luck. Like, I, I don't know that they can do it. Well, I think he's just saying, like, if the Knicks hold it, like, pick number 12-ish, and, you know... They want to trade up to number four to take Jaden Ivey. What would they have to do to make that? Happen? No, what I'm saying is like I don't think it's doable with the assets they have. I think it is if you're willing to pay like a killing. But okay, if you want to like give up Obi or quickly, but like really, you just saying that, dude. I'm saying like I mean they would probably have to give up like Obi and quickly and like the Dallas pick next year plus their pick this year plus maybe plus like another first round pick. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, that's like these picks are not like okay this year's pick will be twelve. Solid. But then, like, presumably, next year's pick... Well, they can't give up next year's pick. Well, no, they can't, because they're giving up Dallas. No, they can't give up next year's pick. Um, the Presumably, the 2024 pick would they be... They could give up next year's pick at, at the same time, because it doesn't violate the stepping rule. They they have all their picks, so their stepping rule clock is, perf- is you know, clear hold right on, now. Hold on, hold on. So. But if they give up this year's pick... Oh, no, because they're not losing a pick. That's right. I got confused. Yeah, it's, and it's draft night. So draft, draft night, pretty much anything goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got, I forgot they're, like, going to ha- still have a pick this year. So, I was like, yeah. that's... Um, next year's pick, like, presumably will not be very good if because we anticipate the team being good. Um, so, yeah. That's like I'm. I guess I'm agreeing with you. Like it's just not realistic. The package they would have to go up would not be realistically feasible. So they need to like move up in the lottery to get Ivy. Yeah, basically, I think it's just like they would have to give up a nonsensically big package to yeah. move up from twelve to four, commensurate with like what it would cost to do that in any draft. But like mm-hmm. this isn't any draft. This is like I don't. I feel weird calling it a weak draft, but I actually, it would annoy me more to spend that much in this draft because I think it's a deep draft mm-hmm. um, where I think they'd be able to get a really talented player at pick 12. I also you know, don't think, like, I love Ivy, but it's not worth giving up, like, all the shit they'd have to go up to get him. Yeah, I, I just, I'm not quite there yet where I buy Ivy as, like, this, like, oh, he's John Morant or, you know, whoever, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm not there yet with him. Tim Peters, yeah. like, made him look terrible. Yeah, yeah. And like that's not an NBA defense. <laughs> no, it's, that's a, a good. Legitimately, they're a 15 seed. Whatever. I know UNC tore them apart, but like they're that's a good defense for a college yeah. team. It's not a good. It's like they don't. They're not playing NBA defense. Yeah, if Ivy would be like like the Lakers should ask defense would embarrass Ivy based on that right yeah. now. But shout out to St. Peter's, by the way. Oh yeah, we haven't shouted them out yet. I mean, I'm in Hoboken. They're in Jersey City. Big. Yeah. No big connection there, but real, real uh, close. Yeah, I think I think Holloway's going to end up coaching Seton Hall now. Hey, oh, that's already that's already yeah. I think that's done. I don't. They is are not is it done? I just saw it rumored. I think he was trying to let it breathe a little bit with the. Yeah, apparently it's going to announce tomorrow. So. Oh really? Oh yeah. nice. Okay. Well, good for him, well, man. That's fucking. Today, awesome. as in, if you're listening to this podcast, it'll be today. But yeah. like Wednesday, March March thirtieth is is yeah. when it apparently is happening. Um, but yeah. 
Anyway, to circle back on the question, I think we could just safely say like it would cost the the correct answer, even though it's kind of a cop out, is just it would cost too much to yeah, make. Yeah, it would cost too much. Like the, the way to get Ivy is to for fucking once move up in the lottery. For That's just it. one time. Just I mean one time, Adam. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think it's gonna Mark Tatum too. He needs to get he needs to get I don't like okay. Who is what team like you want to okay the Cavs get Kyrie and then also it happens again because they lose LeBron twice whatever. Um, no, they got it. They got both before LeBron came back. They well, that's right. Lottery yeah. Either way, okay. then, he, then he used Wiggins to trade for Love. Okay. When right, 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 right. I forgot it was, it was Wiggins. Yeah. Um, or plus they got what's his name? Like that that sucky player at one. Oh, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. They, so they got three. They got three yeah, lotteries after LeBron. Yeah. Yeah, no, because wasn't Wiggins after LeBron was back? Wiggins, Wiggins was the year that LeBron came back, so they drafted right. him. Yeah, and yeah literally, right. literally a week later, they signed LeBron, right, and then, right, right. that's what it was. Yeah. Then they got the Kevin Love trade lined up, but they weren't technically allowed to make it until right, LeBron, right, 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 right. Um, yes, now I remember that. Um, okay, you give it the like the Pelicans make up. Let's say you're making it up for. I don't know, screwing them out of trading Chris Paul to Lakers when they wanted to trade Chris Paul to Lakers, whatever. Like, who deserves it more than the Knicks this year? Nobody. They had the lottery rigged for them. I mean, I don't actually think it was rigged for Ewing, but, like, if we're going to say it was rigged for Ewing in 1985, um, or 84? 84. Um, 85. 85, I was right. 80, 84 was Jordan in the line. 84 was Jordan, yeah. 85. Um, like, it's been literally almost 40 years. Let's rig it for the next again. You don't even have to make them number one. Make them number three because they like somebody could take Ivy at three. Give them number three. That's all I'm asking for. For what it's worth, I just did two tankathon simulations that got the Knicks to number one. So great. I mean, number one would be fine. I'd, I would still. Okay, here's a question. Actually, did anybody ask this? Um, no, because um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I we should just read the question if if they did. Um, who would you draft at number one? Would you take Holmgren or would you take Ivy? Number one, yeah. If the Knicks won the lottery, I would take Holmgren. See, I, I, I would get fancy and move down to three and take Ivy. I see. I would love to do that. I mean, I I would have no issues with trading down, you know, and trying to get a. a yeah, that's package. what I, that's what I meant by taking Ivy. Sorry, I don't think you take Ivy at one. But I think you, the I think the difference to me is I can see a world where I would take Chet and then re-sign Mitch, and I think they could play together. And I think it would be like you have, to, you have to. What do you do with Obi in that scenario? And you just keep Obi. He could be the first guy off the bench. Okay. You know, and then you trade Randall, obviously. Well, you yes, know. that's a given. You can't you can't have Randall on that team. But then you, then you uh, could get Obi plenty of minutes where you either shift Chet to the nominal five. And well, so you get ball. rid of Sims then? No, you keep Sims too. I mean, you can have it, there's enough room for four bigs to play. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It just feels kind of crowded. Um, they could all get like 25 minutes. Roughly. Yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. like be mad if they took if they got number one and took Chet. I would just I would trade down to three. And yeah. um, if you could do that, and you had some sort of assurance that either Paolo or or Jabari was going at number two, so you could get Ivy at three, then you know I'll do it. But there is the chance you take where then you. Might I guess it depends three. on who's at two. Like if it's um, if it's a Magic at two, yeah, they'd probably but want Ivy. So like. Do you? I think you just trade down to two then, right? And be like, hey, we'll take Holmgren if you don't want to like switch spots with us. I don't. I don't think the Magic would take Ivy. I think they're one of the teams that would go with a big. Interesting, because Kevin O'Connor mocked Ivy to them at three. 
in his mock, and I thought that was pretty. I think, I think that's bizarre. They've spent a lot of draft capital on guards, including a guy last year in Suggs that is very similar to how Ivy plays. So yeah, like you can throw two of those guys out there at the same time. You could, but they also have Cole Anthony, who they are investing a lot of time that's and resources true. into. True. Like, I mean, I don't know. And Markel Fultz, who they gave a yeah, but I think like, Fultz, like who cares? I mean, I mean, I think that he's still a good reclamation project. He's fine. I, I would they would you just get rid of him in that in that scenario. Actually, but, if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about other cool fancy offseason moves the Knicks could do, if if like the Magic did do something like draft Jaden Ivy, I would call them right away and ask if I could get Marco. Well, I mean, I think what you could do is is even if they don't draft, like if the Knicks hit number one, you could like take Fultz as part of the package to move down to two. Yeah, yeah, because I mean he's been he's only played in twelve games so far since he came back from injury, yeah. but like. So it's tough to, you know, really, but like 10 points, four boards in 18 minutes a game, and he's doing it pretty efficiently. Yeah, um, he's clearly got his shit back together. Yeah, um, I, li- I like him. I, I like him. And he's shooting, he, bro, he shot like 90% from the free throw line last there year. There we go. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, anyway, I'm just, I don't know. Like, I, obviously, Holmgren, I, I think he's going to be good. I just don't love him, having mm-hmm. watched him in in the conference tournament and then in the, I mean, I, I admittedly don't watch college basketball before the, the conference conference tournament. So I watched him in the conference tournament. I watched him in um, the NCAA tournament and I, he's great. I mean, he had, he fucking dominated in the round of 32. Um, but I just don't, I don't think they need him. And I do think Ivy would be as much as I like, am a little wary about the fact that Ivy looked like legitimately like garbage against St. Peter's, I would still just go get him. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I mean, I would love to get. I, you know, I think if you can get the right package, like if you can get, I don't know, if you feel that strongly about Ivy versus Chet, and you could get something like what Dallas got for, uh, like or sorry, what Atlanta got for Luca, you know, yeah. um. You know, I don't think the Chet is a Luca level prospect. So, and I, I think the Ivy has more chance of actually turning into like a megastar. Um, it just a lot more needs to break right for him for that to happen. I think. Um, so I'd be willing to take that bet. You know, if Walt Perrin said to do it, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. If I, I mean, get like an extra first for next year and all that stuff, like, sure. I wouldn't take Ivy in one if you can't. Even to the point where like, if you can't, if nobody wants to trade up, and they're just like they call your bluff, and they're like, fine, take Chet, and I'd take Chet. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't take Ivy at one if, if there's no one to trade down to. But if they can trade down to, and I wouldn't go past three because I would be worried. I would be worried that somebody would take Ivy instead of Boncaro or um, Park, Joy yeah. Parker. Uh, Joy <laughs> Smith. Joy Smith, thank you. Um, I would be too worried that somebody would take him at three. So I wouldn't go below three. But. Um, yeah, I I would be okay taking home run if they can't if they can't move down to three. The other thing, by the way, is yes, like Luca and you're probably dealing with two better players than Luca and Trey in that in that Hawks um, Maverick swap. But that was also picks three and five, and this is one and three. Mm-hmm. So like, it's probably the packs are probably the same simply because you're dealing with higher picks, even if the players are probably worse. Exactly. Yeah. So I and and my thought there too is like the team that you would get that deal off of too probably profiles to be pretty bad next year. So like if you can get that pick unprotected, like next year's draft should be better. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like a pretty, like the top prize is uh, uh, Victor Wembenyama out of France. who's like Mm -hmm. 
fucking insanity. You know, he's like a seven foot three dude that is basically like everything that we talked ourselves into Porzingis being able to maybe do on right. offense. He can actually do. Plus, right. he actually passes and Plus stuff. He's like, not racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, do the deal. Do that deal if you can do it. Um, but you know what's going to happen, and then we can move on because we've spent a lot of time on this. Um, OKC is going to be the team that like is at three. And they'll just be like, no, we're not going to move up. <laughs> Even though like, they should obviously take Holmgren. Um, yeah. They just won't do it because, like, Pressy doesn't, doesn't like, he'll never consolidate those picks. He'll just keep adding to his pile. And they'll also just be like, you know, uh, we'll we'll never, like, sacrifice our ability to get Weminyama next year. Right. Because he's, right. like, our crown jewel. Which, so, like, okay, I get it. But that's what's going to happen. Like, they're going to get screwed. They'll win the lottery and then get screwed about the teams that they could, like, theoretically move down. With. Yeah. They also don't want to get good, like, quote-unquote, too soon because, like, they want to get <laughs> right. Weminyama. So they're going to be like, Chet might make us better, so fuck that. Yeah. Like, we want to stay bad. We're going to sit shade <laughs> this whole year. Um, anyway. You've got mail. All right, moving to our next question. Uh comes from KJ... Uh, Amanqua um, at Kofi Amanqua Jr. Assuming the Knicks don't land, that was on Twitter, by the way. Assuming the Knicks don't land players like Jaden Ivey, AJ Griffin, Shaden Sharp, or Ben Matherin, would you be partial on players like Mark Williams or Ochai Abaji in the draft? How do you feel? That's obviously from uh, center from Duke, uh, right. guard from Kansas. How are mm-hmm. you feeling about those two guys? I like I like Abaji. Um, We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how how he plays against Villanova's defense on Saturday. Um, but I I like him. I'm not. I don't. I don't love Williams. I think he's pretty limited. Um, I just. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. I know Schwinn likes him, um, but Prez doesn't really like him, and I I trust Prez. So I'm gonna, <laughs> not Schwinn to be not clear. Schwinn's an idiot. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say if my eyes are telling me the same thing that Prez's eyes are telling him, then I'm probably safe. So, um, yeah, I like Abaji though. I, I would definitely go for him if that were like the best player available. Yeah. I guess the thing is like, I don't know if I would it, like, I feel like there's a chance because Abaji is like older. Um, right. Isn't he? He's, he's a senior, you know? And I mean, he's yeah. good and stuff, but like, you're running the risk, I think, you know, if you're going to draft him with, like, the 12th pick, you might be buying a little too much into tournament hype. Um, yeah, previously, he's, 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 a, he's turning 22 in April. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's been he's been projected as, like, a late first, like, maybe early second for, like, yeah. the longest time until the tournament now. Um, now, I mean, maybe it works. Maybe it's, like, Davion Mitchell, you know, where, like, that's worked out pretty good. Like he really shot up because of their performance in the tournament. But then, by the way, really quickly want to say I was all in on Davion Mitchell and uh, I was right. Yeah, I was not. And because I listened to Prez, ironically. Um, So maybe you should stop listening. He's always right. But he, you know, usually he's right. (laughs) (laughs) I love Prez. I'm just, I'm just busting. Prez is the best. He's not, (laughs) no one's got a hundred percent hit rate. Prez is willing to admit when he's wrong, which is the yeah. most important part. Yes. Um, but anyway, you know, so I worry a little bit that maybe you're buying too much into like draft type if you're taking him that high. Um, that said, you know, if you the Knicks do tend to love to trade down. So, you know, if, if they reach like pick 12 and it's like, oh, do we take Mark Williams or do we feel pretty confident that we could take a Baji, uh, you know, around like, like 
the 19th pick or something, you know, and we could trade down, stockpile a few other assets or whatever, then I'd maybe down for that because I, I, I would trust their talent evaluation at that point. Um, I'm a huge fan, having watched some of him and, and getting acquainted, like I really like Tari Eason now. Um, solid. I like Tari Eason. Yeah, like that's a guy that, you know, profiles to be available around where the Knicks are going to pick. So rather than going for like a Mark Williams, like I think if I can't walk away with like Jalen Duran as like a true center yeah. out of this draft, like I'm not going to draft one that early. Yeah. I think Duran's the only one that I'm like, I could see a template of like a Bam out of bio type of player out of this guy. I don't even know if Williams is big. I mean, how tall is he? He's like, oh, he's seven foot tall. I thought he was like seven footer. He's yeah. seven foot. So he's that's... big. He's pretty long too. Like I'll be intrigued to see what his wingspan is, but he looks long. Like his, yeah. his arms look really long. Um, I, I, you know, I don't have any, any thoughts that he's not going to be a productive NBA player. I just wonder if he's going to be like a great NBA player. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, I, this wasn't really the point of the question, but I am, and I can't really explain why, down on Matherin. Oh, well, you're an idiot then. So that's <laughs> all I have to say about that. I do love him, but I really, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan. I love Matherin. So if the Knicks, if the Knicks were able to get Matherin, I would be like over the moon. Um, cause I think, I think he's the shit. Like he's, he's just like, I, to me, I look at how he plays like on offense and stuff, and I'm like, you know, I know he's not like Jaden Ivey because he's not like that fast and whatever. But I mean, he play he plays sort of similar to RJ, but like his shots more developed already. He like, his defense needs some fucking work though. Sure, but he's he's a you know a second year guy in the NCAA. He's still one of the youngest guys I mean, in the draft. That's, like, that's not why I'm against him. I don't know. Like it's just I can't even like I said I really can't explain it because I don't even have like the scouting ability to explain why. And I'm probably like not even right because of it, but it just, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not big on him. I think you're a goddamn idiot. Um, well, but everybody knew that already. True. Yeah. I'm not going to fight that. Um, no. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, there's, I, I don't really, I don't know if I have anybody yet that I've like looked at in this draft that I'm like, actually, you know, you know who I'm kind of down on that consensus is up on. Like I know Prez fucking loves him. Uh, AJ Griffin. I'm a little wary about hey. Don't so a yeah. Um, here's my issue with AJ Griffin. I he's he's just not like apparently Coach K had to basically force him to get aggressive finally mm-hmm. in that um Elite Eight game the other day. And like, what the fuck's he doing? He's like the he's like supposed to be like the lead scorer on that team. What the fuck's he doing that like Coach K has to like yell at him to make him like actually you know assert himself on offense? Yeah, I don't know. Like, he sort of should be like the the Zion to Ben Caro's RJ. You mm-hmm. know, if we're gonna like make that comparison, you know? Yeah. Like, but instead he just seems very reluctant to like involve himself a lot. And I don't know, I worry like he definitely has injury history. You know, he's had a lot of knee injuries and shit. Um, that have held him out as you know, even back in like high school. And then like I just look at him and I'm like, you're freaking enormous. Like, and it seems like he doesn't play with much physicality. Like that bothers me some. He, I definitely think he's a good shooter. So that's, that's legit. I think, but there, there's just a lot of stuff. Like it's mostly just the fact that it seems like he so often just goes from like 25 points to like two points. Yeah. He's just too, 
I don't know. I'm not a huge. I agree with you. I'm not a huge fan of AJ Griffin. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, I'm an idiot too, so <laughs> don't take my word for it. Um, but yeah, basically, to get back to Kofi's question, um, you know, I, I think, I, I think there's some like some nuance to it. Like, it's going to be a tough spot if they land at number twelve. You know, you need to feel really, really great about the guy, or find someone else who feels great about you know someone, so then you can you can trade back and get your guy and make them pay to come up to where you're at. Um, yeah. I have to look more into Sochan too. Um, I haven't really looked into him much, but Prez tells me I would love Sochan. So I got to look into Sochan. So, um, but yeah, other He's, than that, have to definitely move down for Sochan, right? There's no reason to take him at 12. I, well, currently on Tankathon, he's mocked at number 12. Not that Tankathon's really? worth shit, but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't trust Tankathon's mocks. <laughs> yeah, but. he's probably a move down candidate too, depending on how much you buy some yeah. of his skills. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough draft. Um, but if I could make like an ideal pick that projects to be roughly in that range, it would probably be Eason for me. Because especially if you get rid of Randall, I think it'd be really good to just have like a big, like, toolsy dude who's putting up stats all over the fucking place you know mm-hmm. just like a stat sheet stuffer type of guy kind of like obi to be honest uh to just throw out there and just have constant energy out there so I'd be you know, maybe i'm wrong about suchan because it's so because i'm looking at other mocks and he's like in that that 10-ish area so i think he's very much a potential leading yeah. dude you know yeah. like he, he didn't show the most this year but like a lot of people see like shooting and defense and all this other shit with him where they're like yeah he might be the real deal mm-hmm. um the the way that the talk is sort of reminds me of almost like Vassell or something, you know, like where Vassell had shown some in college, you know, but like that was like uh, blown people away, you know. Everybody was like, "Well, the Spurs, the Spurs took him. He's going to be amazing." And uh, when's the last time you heard Devin Vassell's name? Uh, when he got ranked above quickly in that like stupid redraft by whoever yeah, on Twitter did it, which is just bizarre. By the anyway, way. Uh, bleeding into the next question here, so I don't know if you want to just roll into it. I, I was literally just about to say, yeah, we'll just yeah. move to our next question. You've got mail. Another one from Jordan Bub at Bub Jordan on Twitter. What draft prospects in 2022 in the 2022 draft fits best with the Knicks at pick 12? What draft prospects would you not want the Knicks selecting at pick 12? Which draft po- draft prospects do you hope fall from the one to ten range into the Knicks lap that are realistic? We've sort of already covered like which ones do you like best and which ones we don't want the Knicks to take. So who would you hope would fall out of that like top 10 range to the Knicks? Um, well, first of all, I, I'm not really answering what you should ask, but we haven't talked about Johnny Davis at all, um, yeah. who I like. Um, so I would, he should, I mean, he might go top 10, but he should probably be available around there. And then that'd be like, I'd be pretty happy if they took Johnny Davis. Um, anyway, if someone who falls, um, I mean, I could see, I could actually, I really, as I said, I don't like him, but like, I wouldn't be, I would weirdly not be shocked if AJ Griffin fell. Um, if he like, especially if he's not good on Saturday, if he like plays very timidly and, and Duke just gets their like asses beat by mm-hmm. UNC. Um, I could see people being scared of like the fact that he, um, has an injury history. Like he missed a lot of high school with injuries, he like is just not being aggressive or assertive on offense. Um, I don't know. I like. I, I don't think it'll happen, but like, I wouldn't be totally surprised if if it did. Yeah, I have two guys that I would have like tabbed as the guys that I would want if they could drop. I mean, Davis, I think is reasonably just going to probably be available. Yeah, I don't think it's a drop. I think he'll just be there. 
Yeah. Especially because he got knocked out early in the tournament, which like does mm-hmm. matter for how people mm-hmm. look at things, like just from an optics perspective. Um, I think uh, Keegan Murray seems less likely to fall than pretty much most of these guys. I think he's just going to comfortably go in like the five, six, seven pick, something like that. The only thing about Keegan Murray is like the pe- lack of pedigree. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah. he was not supposed to be good. No, he was not supposed to be that high level of a player. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely like – I would go after him if I could because I like him more than Eason, but they're both similar type players. Like they just mm-hmm. put up like like bonkers impact numbers and like tons of stocks between them even though they're a little undersized. Like, But Keegan Murray is like a little more of an athlete, I think, like as far as like, you know, having the hops and the, mm-hmm. you know, that for on defense. So mm-hmm. – I would go with with Keegan Murray if I could over like Atari Eason, but uh, and then Shaden Sharp if you know he's like the mystery man, but he was like the number one prospect for next year's draft class. Yeah, now it's just gonna you know go in this year's draft class, and if like World Wide West convinces him to like only work out for the Knicks and yeah. stuff, and nobody else can see him work out, then you know maybe you get this situation where people will be too scared off and just say, "Now nah, we're not gonna take him." And the Knicks get the inside scoop and get to be like, oh, hell yeah, this kid is like legit. Plus, and it's take not, not about team performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost to a 15 seed. Yeah, well, but he didn't play. So, oh, I forgot he didn't play. But either yeah, way, that's what I'm saying. He's like yeah. a mystery man. Yeah, like, yeah, I totally forgot he didn't play in that game. It feels yeah. like forever ago. Yeah. I mean, he didn't play at all. Like, he straight up, because he came yeah. in halfway through the season. And, like, yeah, this yeah. is like, this is like a point of contention, apparently, too, with some people is like, you know, like, oh, does he care about the game or whatever? Because he didn't play his second half of the season, even though he became eligible halfway through the year. I was just kind of like, I think that's a smart business decision. All yeah. you can potentially do in that situation is maybe make yourself look bad. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're already the top prospect for the 2023 class. So you just ride that into this year's draft and probably be fine if you have a good workout or two. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like, you know, if if he went there and he stunk it up, like and like uh Imani Bates himself. You know, like then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, now your draft stock is shit. Like now yep. you have to either come back next year or go in like the mid lottery this year. Right. Because people think you got exposed here, you know, or whatever. So I, I think, you know, it was smart of him. But anyway, yeah. I would love. Not, that's the problem with me not following until, um, um, you know, like the tournaments. I totally forgot that Shadon Sharp is, <laughs> has just not been playing, even though I haven't seen him, which is probably why I forgot that he hasn't been playing because, he, you know, I haven't seen him. Well, look up his high school highlights because he looks yeah. pretty fucking good. I mean, um, I, I would be like if they can get him a twelve, you know, if they if they moved up, like now they're they, it's impossible for them to move up to like the six to eight range. But if, like, I wouldn't want him there. But a twelve, yeah, I mean, you take him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've got mail. All right, move to our next question here. Uh, this one comes from ZMP three two three, the typical tips hater out of the Discord. Uh, aside from a top four lottery stud, what player archetype do you want the Knicks to target with their first rounder this year? Maybe a big wing, a guard that can pressure the rim, a stretch big, or other examples you guys can think of. Um, we've sort of talked about this already a little bit too, so not to rehash too much, but um, Matt, what, where are you at with that uh, as far as like an archetype goes? Um, or do you have one? Are you sort of just like BPA? Well, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the camp that you should always go BPA, but a guard that can pressure the rim, like, they, they need that for sure. Um, I mean, maybe quickly can be that, but he's not really that yet. 
Um, so yeah, that's what I if if I have to pick one, that's what I would I would say. I would say a toolsy big, if that's not obvious enough already with the Taris and love and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm assuming a world without Randall at this point, based off how things are trending. So I would want someone that can like back up Obi, you know, and and then potentially even play that person and Obi together for like small ball, um, force Tibbs' hand a little bit or whatever. Um, and then other than that, I mean, yeah, guards that can get to the rim are good. You know, I, I think I would probably want like a big wing. I think, I think that's the right answer. Like more shooting. I, and the thing is, is that like, I don't, I think I would just go BPA by and large, like unless you get rid of Julius and now there's a hole to fill there. Like if, especially if like the Knicks re-sign Mitch and they have Jericho in place already. And then you have, you have like quickly and Deuce and uh, Grimes and RJ and presumably like one of Fournier or Burks, or maybe even both of them. Like you've got a lot of pieces that do things at an NBA level. Well, so, you know, there's not like any glaring needs. I don't think contrary to popular belief of like, you know, they need a point guard or whatever. Like, it, there's not really it's not like they like desperately need shooting because I think they have shooting on the roster. They own oh, they have Cam Reddish. Who I didn't even like bring up like who's another big wing, you know, so it's like I, I don't know. It's it's tricky. I mean, the, I, I think I would just go BPA. I, you know, I, I think just trust your evaluation. Just take who you think is the best player. And, you know, eventually down the line, if that player shows out, you know, no matter what position they're playing, like if I think ultimately the play is to try to consolidate at some point. And when you do that, then you just want the best player you possibly can to throw a no trade package. So um, as much as it sucks to think about potential future Knicks that will get attached to and then be devastated uh, when they move. I, I think one of the main motivators right now is definitely going to be like who would look good in a trade package later on. So basically I would say just BPA, trust your gut. Um, but if I was going to pick one specific archetype, it would probably be like a, like a toolsy, like three, four big type of guy that can, you know, play a little bit of small ball, you know, and that sort of thing and, and just do a bunch of stuff on the floor. I think that would probably be what I would go for in lieu of Julius Randle, which speaking of Matt, unless you have something to add. Nope. We can move to our next category, which is get Randall out of here. All right. This episode was super freaking long. I kind of have a rule. If we go like demonstrably over two hours, it's going to be a two part episode because nobody wants to listen to us talk for like two and a half hours in one sitting. So uh, check out tomorrow. We'll have the second part of this episode with a lot more great questions, including Nick's mail.bag after dark. But until tomorrow, thank you guys all for listening and we'll be back. Peace out.